Do you like ghosts, cryptids, celestial beings, and witchcraft? Then you'll likely find us tolerable. We are a pair of best witches approaching the paranormal in this realm and beyond with respectful and curious nature. We love to weave within the weird. So So let's get frightfully delightful. We are ever grateful for the opportunities to share space with, learn from, work with, listen, and witness the people, ancestors, matriarchs, spirits, and creatures past and present whose stewardship and cultural teachings brought life and continue to sustain life to the lands upon which we dwell. May we all do our part as uninvited guests to ensure that the land is stewarded and led by its rightful guardians and spirits. Luna resides on the traditional lands of the First Peoples of the Mississaugas of Scugog Island First Nation. These lands are covered under the Williams Treaties and rest within the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe. The land, sea, sky, and spirit that Amanda resides within is vast and deep Stalo Coast Salish traditional territory. The area upon which she lives, learns, unlearns, and tells her stories within is stewarded and cared for by the Chilhayak people. Hello, Luna. Hello, Amanda. Are you ready to talk about Samhain, Halloween? Yes, I'm so ready. Me too. (laughs) Do you have any frights or delights that you'd like to touch on first? Um, sure. This is a combo, I feel like, because it's a fright and a delight. (laughs) But doing my presentation this morning... Okay, that's my my fucking delight, though. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Okay, so... I just, I had a really good time and like, I just wanted to say thank you for like enjoying it and boosting my confidence. My goodness. It's going to be a thing. Dead talks. (laughs) Dead talks are a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it was so much fun to put together and present and it let me be a little more silly. Yeah. Than like normal or where, you know, because I'm, I get kind of nervous in front of people. So I don't. Like, a lot of people don't get to see my humor Silliness, because I'm yeah. too shy. Yeah. <laughs> so I I just i am really grateful that I got to showcase that. And I had a really fun time. And I just want to do more. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do more, too. And I think that it's a really cool way to express, like, like you said, your silliness, but also your creativity. And it also is like you and I do so much research all the time. Yeah. And I think that it's a really great way to present that research as well. So putting it in a presentation format is super fun. Yeah. And like you had that idea for like paranormal PowerPoint presentations like, yeah, like six months ago. And the fact that it was a dead talk just made it so much so fucking fun so that is my delight that is that is my delight was um enjoying your dead talk on vintage (laughs) halloween and i i'm pretty sure i'm gonna i'm gonna highlight that that story because that like (laughs) freaking bath needs to be needs to be um 
canonized in our frightfully delightful <laughs> like memoir on on the internet. It was so funny because I spent you know a good chunk of time putting it together and yeah. I had finished all the slides and then I started getting ideas to make myself included more yeah and I had these ideas and so it's it's like we're it's yesterday it's Sunday so stores close early and I'm like sending my partner out into like <laughs> go to the dollar store get me a cape and I'm gonna make it bat wings <laughs> We had the best time and we're like rolling on the floor, cackling, <laughs> pinning the cape to my sweater in such a way that you couldn't see it when I was just sitting normally so I could do a big reveal. And it was just so much fun. We were, we were having so much fun about it yesterday. That, that reveal was everything. I, <laughs> I cried laughing. <laughs> like so much so that I was, I went back to like look at it. Like after I like wiped the tears out of my eyes and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was it. It was so good. <laughs> do you have any? I do have, I do have a fright. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me your fright. The in-between time between like the eclipses has been a fucking frightful affair. <laughs> so on the 16th, of October, we had a thunderstorm and it was one of those ones where it just like there was just one big roll of thunder, but the clouds when they rolled in, like I actually saw the clouds roll in. Yeah. You showed me a video of that, I did, right? Yes. It was yeah. a time lapse and um there was two points where the mountain just got like just covered in clouds and then there was this big like it felt like it came up from the earth yeah wow and it was so interesting but ever since then the sky has been really fucking weird hmm. it's been too bright but cloudy and like there's just this weird haze over everything like now that we're getting closer to the next eclipse on the 28th i feel like things are starting to like balance out a little bit more but the last four or five days have just been awful like yeah not necessarily like well awful in the world collectively absolutely mm -hmm. there's been a lot of like just it feels like just this haze so i'm glad that we're in a new week and heading closer to to that that release of energy for the next eclipse. Yeah. Just a reminder, it is a full moon in Taurus. So if you do feel like you're having like a lot of like, you know, sleepier moments or, you know, more relaxation moments, but you feel like, you know, because the full moon is that like illumination of, of light, you might feel like a conflicting energy. Yeah. So just kind of try to balance that out as best you can for all of our Fridays out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to dig into the Samhain episode? Yes, I am ready. So Samhain is the third harvest, the midpoint in the turning year. And for me, I feel like if... 
the summer solstice is 12 noon on the clock of the year, then Samhain would be midnight. Now, I don't know why that fits, but I feel like it does. <laughs> now, Samhain is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, and the M and the H produce that W. Fox the Witch is an incredible artist and is so funny. And every Samhain, I share their little graphic and it says, Sam Hain, don't know him. And <laughs> it, it makes me laugh every time. So we'll definitely share that in our, in our photo dump because it is so fucking funny. So this is a Gallic fire festival marking the end of the harvest season. And the third harvest within the turning year, so midpoint between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. It is traditionally celebrated sundown on October 31st to sun up November 1st. And within farming and agriculture uh, practices and traditions, this point in time, um, the harvesting would need to be completed before sundown on October 31st. And anything left was left in the fields for the spirits to take. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And this makes a lot of sense for my personal practice as sometimes I feel this like urgency to do a, like a really deep, like mundane cleaning and spiritual cleanse of my home, making sure that everybody in the home that's residing within it is, you know, <laughs> it's almost like they're like optimal. Like what, what do you need to feel good? What do you need to release? Like just checking, I'm checking in with like the energy a lot. A deep, deep mundane clean, ensuring all of the altars are kind of like set and reset. So I'll take everything off, cleanse everything, and then put it back or rearrange it. Because I feel like our house is a sentient being, talking to it while I work and connecting with its needs is really um, is a really important practice for us. And um, <laughs> I'll like, my kids will catch me like, do you need anything like upkeep or energy? You know, do you need anything before the winter months hit? It's something that I don't forget to do because the years that I've been too busy, it's been real bad. Like not, not like, you know, not anything too catastrophic, like a flood or anything, but there has definitely been a noticeable energy that's kind of off, just a little off. Now, mind you, the years that this happened, I didn't notice this offness until looking back and reading through journal entries through November and January. So we usher in the darkest half of the year by honoring, burning, and shedding. So some people call this the witch's new year. And this is also a time to invite our good ghosts to visit, to welcome the energy from our ancestors, named, unnamed, chosen, and cultural ancestors, gathering in their honor and standing within their presence gratefully. To live is to know ghosts after all. The ghosts of our past selves, the whispers of our future selves, the ghosts of our greatest predecessors. We can invite our good ghosts in by holding a small candle ceremony and welcoming them to visit the altars that we place for them if we wish. We can do silent suppers or dumb suppers. I don't like using the word dumb. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. So I, we typically will call it a, a silent supper. And this is something that you can, you can establish, you know, with, within your family, or you can just do it on your own. 
Yeah, I did it by myself one time. Yeah. Um, and it was really special. Yeah, isn't it lovely? Yeah. So you can just set like a place for them, libations, just a, you know, some sugary food or some carbs, some, you know, if you have a dish that one of your ancestors really, really liked, you could always make it for them or make it in their honor. I have, um, I have the notion that adding a mirror to the place setting or the chair helps with the kind of like the energy transfer. So huh. that um, like a black mirror or just a regular you can one? use whatever kind of mirror I use. I use black mirrors only because it's just a part of my everyday practice. But yeah, before we were making black mirrors, I just used some one year I used a compact mirror. Oh, yeah. Huh. I like that. Yeah, it's really nice. I really like that. So as we bid farewell to the sun, the last stage of death as the earth in the northern hemisphere breathes out to turn inward. It's like we can actually feel that like, right? Like yeah. with the wind and with the turning of the leaves, like it all like coming down, like the leaves coming down. And it's all, you know, it's all very, it's all very magical, but it's also very like a little macabre. Yeah. We are called in to stoke the embers of our inner fires so that we may be all the nourishment our souls need to thrive in the coming dark months. What this means for your own personal journey is yours to discover and delve into. It is energetically a really great time to shed, reconnect with yourself, family, home, and community, and take time to reflect on your path and purpose. So this can be just as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. I mean, path and purpose is kind of, it's a, it's, it can be a bit of a heavy, you know, like, where am I on my path? Where am I within my purpose? I don't even know what my purpose is. Mm. So if we just take a second to think about the journey from, you know, last October to now, that looking back can almost help you see forward. So what are the things that you most enjoyed along that path? And then you can, you know, you can build that into your purpose, you know, from last October to this October, there are so many things that I am more purposeful about now than I was last October. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have, you don't have to be like, super clear like i am on this path i am of this purpose it can be yeah. a very fluid thing it doesn't have to be you know rigid unless you want it to be <laughs> <laughs> the energy of Samhain is also that of reverence and mischief while the veil is said to be at its thinnest between the living and the departed we can feel hear or see spirits more clearly the energy is buzzing and excitable but with this also comes change, rest, and grief. We may feel our loved ones close by right now, though this may be welcome, sometimes it is not, and you can choose to interact or direct spirits to stay at a distance. So I think of the veil a little bit differently because I work with the energy of like the unseen realm pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. That energy of like going through the veil continuously, I don't feel like there is any difference to how it feels right now than how it feels in 
I don't know, like January. Yeah. So it really depends on how you view that kind of energy. And because of the work that you and I do with the spirit box and our paranormal investigating, I think that it really depends on our experiences within like the energetic realms and spiritual realms. So if this month of October is the month that you feel the most comfortable going towards or letting in spirit, then that's wonderful. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be this kind of like, oh, the veil goes down November 1st, you know? <laughs> yeah. So really finding how you weave within that is is part of, I think, part of the fun with experimenting and, you know, getting to know the spirits that are residing here and within where you live as well. Yeah. Yeah. So some spiritual maintenance that you can do for Samhain is psychic work. So you can brush up on your clear senses. You can see if there is a clear sense that you have been maybe experimenting with and you want to dive a little bit deeper. Shadow work is always recommended for October. However, I don't I don't think shadow work without like some like mental health caveats is wise. So just if you are going to delve into shadow work, just make sure that you have those kind of emotional safety nets in place. Yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to deal with what comes up. And therapy is a privilege and not everybody can afford it. Yep. But I think we all have those friends that we can rely on to listen to. So maybe if you have a friend like that, you tell them, hey, I'm going to be doing some really intense work within myself and I'm going to be stirring up my shadows. Would you mind, you know, being there for me as somebody to listen? Yeah. Or if you don't have somebody like that, then there are a number of spiritual practitioners who aren't, you know, grifters that, that we can <laughs> recommend that, that can hold space in that way. Yeah. So I can't say shadow work without those caveats. Yeah. I, I just, I really can't. Like a trauma-informed practice is really, really important. Yeah, it's important to have those mental health resources at hand when you're stirring up the shadows, as you yeah. as you put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meditation. I find that October is a, a really good time to, to meditate. Sometimes I'll find myself like just kind of like drifting into like a like almost like a trance like state when I'm reading. <laughs> like I'll just be like on the couch with my coffee reading and then all of a sudden I'll just have I'll, I won't realize that I've just been like looking out the window for like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> so meditation is at the forefront. We can ask our ancestors if there's any lessons they want to pass down to us from the spirit realm, shedding any old energy that you don't want to bring with you into the darker months. So if there's something that you've been working on and you're like, you know, I've only gotten to this point and I think I'm ready to, you know, put it to bed because sometimes it's easier to do different practices within the summer months, within the spring months, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to put it down and come back to it. Yeah. We don't have to complete the work. If, if it's a big task, we don't have to complete the work um, as long as we come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And transformation. 
Transformation is a huge one. The cycle of life, death, and rebirth is very, very intense right now. So just acknowledging how you have transformed. What do you want to transform? Do you need to shed something? So even just like observing the transformation of the earth is really, really powerful right now. So that's, uh, those are my little caveats of like Samhain <laughs> and the third harvest. I could probably talk for a thousand hours about it, <laughs> but I will leave you with this. This is part of a spoken spell from within the Cauldron of Embers for Samhain. This spell is for igniting your intuition and creative flow in honor of yourself and those who have come before you. You will need a cauldron or a fire-safe vessel and an incense blend. So I like to use cinnamon, cloves, bayberry, and blackberry. Those ones are my favorite. And a charcoal disc. Breathe boldly into the embers of your inner hearth, the home in which your passion dwells, the sacred place where your inner cauldrons bubble where endless possibility swells. The conjuring of all that your magic can make, some for sharing, some for keeping, some for burning, just for goodness sake. Breathe into this space as the smoke rises up from those glistening, crackling embers. Lean into the energy of this invocation and speak it into existence. For your very essence to remember. I am the keeper of my flame. I tend this fire as the year wanes. I turn in toward the darkness, breathing boldly and standing solidly. I am ignition itself, the spark of my unique flow, lighting the embers and watching them glow. I listen intently to my own inner knowing and to the whispers of spirit, ever present and hearkening. And I will share a sigil that I create for this spoken spell. That is such a beautiful prose, my friend. Thank you. I love it so much. Thank you. I love it. I'm going to do it when it gets like, because um, this is going to go up on the 31st. It is. Yep. So I think on that day, I've been saving. You gifted me a candle from stephanie the witch basket um the black flame candle that one's so yummy i have been saving it i know on a past episode we said light the candle don't don't save stuff but this one i knew there was something yeah. special i wanted to do with it that one has a space for a sigil too so you can yeah so i'm i'm gonna draw your sigil on it and I'm going to light it when I do this spoken spell because I'm going to do it on the 31st. That's beautiful. Yeah. And for those who don't have like a charcoal disc or anything, you can also just get a candle and just sprinkle a little cinnamon on top of it. Yeah. Just a little. And sometimes there's like tiny little sparks that come up that can be the embers, that visual of your sacred inner hearth, your inner cauldron that is glowing. <laughs> I love it so much. Me too. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm familiar with your um some of your Samhain research, but it's really nice to like hear you put voice to it as opposed to just like 
reading a little infographic with some tidbits or whatever. Like it's nice to to hear you kind of dive a little bit more into some of your research that you have and your practices and stuff. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's hard sometimes I feel like because where tradition meets like modern practice is kind of somewhere that I get caught up in a little bit. Yeah. And it's okay if you create your own traditions around your craft. And I think that if you use any of it, great. If not, then create your own, you know? Yeah. And to have that freedom and to have fun with it. And, you know, some people are very reverent around this time. Some people are very mischievous around this time. Some people are a little bit of both. And whatever fits within your practices is what is important. Yeah. And I'm not even going to get started on the astrological Samhain. That's fucking that, <laughs> like I the, you. Oh, oof. Yeah. Oof. I, th- I feel like the discourse of that online is, uh, is it's grows every year. <laughs> every year. And I mean, I, I do both, to be honest. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention, actually, is that. If you don't want to do anything, that's okay too. Yeah. Because October is so, I especially for practicing witches, practicing energy workers, and people who like feel, you know, any kind of way energetically about October. Yeah. There's so much pressure to do witchy things. Yeah. And sometimes just observing the energy is enough. There have been Octobers when I've been like, I don't want to fucking do anything. It's my kid's birthday. It's my birthday. It's, you know, like we have so many expectations on October. It's okay if you just sit this one out. Yeah. Just light a candle. Yeah. It's fine. It reminds me of like years ago when I first started practicing again and I started thinking about the eight sabbats or whatever like the you know the eight the wheel of the year focus on the wheel of the year yeah Yeah. and I felt so much pressure to like celebrate all of them Mm -hmm. and honestly I couldn't give a shit about half of them Mm -hmm. like first of all I mean we we're I won't get into like the history and yeah you know all of all of that yeah but I just didn't connect with a bunch of them and I find that now that I'm in a place where I'm more comfortable within my practice and I am less like oh what's ever I need to be doing this what's everybody else doing Mm -hmm. what's blah 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 what is the correspondence what is this what is yeah like yeah I've noticed that I really only give a shit about when the seasons change. And that's what I like to celebrate within my practice. Yeah. And to me, Samhain is like a seasonal change because you're really stepping out of summer Mm -hmm. and stepping into, you know, winter. It's like that perfect kind of midpoint of autumn. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It is that midpoint. Yeah. So... I've always been a big fan of like Halloween and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, I, just, I but I love like the mischievousness favorite. of it. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the reasons why the cauldrons of seasonal alchemy is so important to me because I don't think of the seasons shifting on a wheel. Yeah, you know, I feel like it like they all fade into 
Like a gradient. Like a gradient, exactly. And yeah. everybody feels the shift a little bit differently. Yeah. And at different times. And that's why feeling that like inner bubbling of your own cauldron, you know, maybe you do this in, you know, in November. Maybe you're like, you know what, I really feel like the transformative energy has has hit me. And on November 16th, you're like, let's do this. Then that is that is relevant. Yeah. You know, so yeah, go with your, go with your own flow. <laughs> and if you're in an ebb, that is okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luna, are you going to make me cry now? Um, well, not on purpose, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Frightfully Delightful podcast will always be free, but alas, producing it isn't. Please head over to the podcatcher of your choice to rate, review, and subscribe. And please consider supporting through Patreon. We've added a tier just for our Fridays. That's you, dear listeners. Find all the links you need within our show notes. Thank you, as always, for listening to our disembodied voices. You have our enduring appreciation in this lifetime and the next. All of our good ghosts, great hags, and sacred specters, thank you. Before I get into the story, I would like to just include a small trigger warning for anyone who may be experiencing grief of like a loved one or anything like that. Maybe you just don't want to be reminded of of that grief or experience that grief right now. So this does involve passed on loved ones. So if you don't want to listen to that, I would recommend skipping it. And that's all. So I'm, I'm going to get into it now. The working title of this story is The Honored Guest. That sounds fucking perfect. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sound so apprehensive. <laughs> okay. When I noticed the leaves starting to change from summer's lush greens to the vibrant red, yellow, and orange, from the small attic window is when I can feel the buzz of excitement grow within me. I know that the changing leaves bring the autumn rains, and as the raindrops and crisp winds help loosen the leaves from their branches, my favorite day of the year gets closer and closer. This attic has been my home for many years. I'm not stuck here like some might believe. I am free to leave whenever I wish, but I adore this cozy attic. Some of my favorite things are kept here. It's quiet and peaceful, and I can keep a close eye on my family. I love to be close to them. I especially keep a close eye on little Wren. I know they'll be the one to carry on this tradition, and they'll need my guidance in the coming years. Little Rosie is a sweet child, but it'll be many years until she's ready to carry the tradition on with her. When you've been around as long as I have, you notice how many traditions ebb and flow. 
I'm grateful that my family has kept this one alive. For generations, this autumn tradition has been passed down. My mother handed it off to me. I handed it off to my daughter, who in turn gifted it to her children and then their children as well. It has been this way for so long, none of us can say for certain with whom it first began. As I wait patiently for the day to arrive, I wonder what my great-great-granddaughter Lorna will have planned for this year. Last year, she went really over the top with preparations and ensuring every last detail was perfect. I wish she knew she didn't have to go to such strain just for me. I'd be happy with a simple cup of tea. She's always made this day so special, though. I think she feels so much pressure to set a good example for little Wren and Rosie. If she could only see herself through my eyes, she'd see how wonderful of a mum she is and how proud I am of her. Finally, the day is here. I can hear sweet Lorna down in the kitchen first thing in the morning. She'll be in there most of the day. Luckily, she has Wren to help. They've always loved cooking and baking with their mum. Little Rosie is not as interested as Wren, as the mornings are the best time to be out in the garden looking for bugs, after all. I wish I could be down there with them helping. They rarely think to ask for my assistance. In the corner of the attic is my old cedar chest. It was a wedding gift from my father. The delicious smell of cedar still wafts up to the nose when it's opened. I'm grateful that my family has taken such good care of it through the years. Inside are many family heirlooms. My mother's cherished pearls, my grandmother's favorite linen apron that she lovingly hand-embroidered with pink and yellow roses and dark green vines. I carefully rummaged through in search of my amethyst and gold ring. It was a gift from my husband on our 25th wedding anniversary. I slip it on my finger with a tinge of melancholy. I rummage some more and find my best hairpin. The intricate filigree and tiny garnet stones always made me feel so elegant. Tonight is just the night for little elegance and my favorite jewelry. The day has gone by so quickly. It's almost time to go down to the dining room already. I wait by the stairs for the bell. I always know it's time when Lorna rings the bell. Maybe this year she'll let Wren ring it. Wouldn't that be special? Finally, there it is. I glide down the stairs in a blink. I slow down a little as I reach the dining room. The last thing I'd want to do is scare them with my entrance. My family is already seated, except Lorna, who is rushing back to the kitchen for the mashed potatoes she forgot to set out. The table is beautifully set and bursting with so much food, all of my favorites, as well as dishes that have been passed down through the ages, so long ago that it's unclear who claimed them as their own favorites. It happens, memories lost to time. I take my place at the table. They always set the same spot for me at the head of the table. To my right sits Lorna, 
and to my left, Wren. Rosie is sitting beside Wren, and the children's father, Alfie, is at the other end of the table. Our family tradition was confusing to him at first, but he's warmed up to it, and even has been considering setting a spot for his grandfather. My, oh my, how the children have grown since last year. I wish I could ask them all about school and friends and hobbies. Alfie starts passing around the various bowls and plates of food. It's so heartwarming how he helps little Rosie with her plate. Lorna and Wren take turns adding food to my plate. It is tradition for the person sitting closest to serve the honored guest. Wren is so intent on learning our family tradition that they insist on helping their mother with serving this year. My heart swells with pride and love for all of them. On the edges of these feelings is a faint sadness that I lived well before their time and have only been able to watch over them from beyond the veil. But let's push those thoughts aside for now. It's time for the silent supper after all, and I am the honored guest. As is tradition, the meal is carried out in complete silence, which is a bit difficult for little Rosie and her bursting at the seams energy. Lorna is an amazing cook, so her family is typically focused on eating anyways. As everyone finishes their plates, Alfie goes into the kitchen and brings out a large silver tray with tea and cakes. That tray has been handed down for at least five generations now, and Alfie polished it to sparkling for this very occasion. This is my favorite part. Once the supper is over, everyone enjoys tea and cakes and shares stories handed down throughout our family. Lorna has done an amazing job at teaching the children our stories. Even Alfie shares a few from his family. I sit and watch them laugh and talk about their ancestors. Some of these stories even include me. It's always a delight to hear them and how they change ever so slightly between each generation who tells them. Someone should write them down in a book, lest they be lost to time. Perhaps I'll whisper that in Wren's ear as they wash the dishes later. The evening begins to come to a natural close, the tea and cakes consumed, no one could eat another bite. Lorna ensures everyone participates in the closing words before they help clear the table. I linger for some time after everyone has scattered. It was a wonderful evening, and I'm not ready for it to end quite yet. Sure, in my state, I could go anywhere I'd like, but there's nowhere I'd rather be than watching over my beloved family. end (laughs) (laughs) so i know that they were honored guests of your i'm not gonna say imagination but it feels like as somebody who's done a silent supper in the exact way that you just described Mm -hmm. it's very (laughs) It was like 
the the names that you you spoke were actually like the names of like my ancestor and like my kids and me and really yeah dude like it was like you could see like when you were telling the story i i saw exactly how my silent supper unfolded last year and the year before that and the year before that because like that's exactly how we do it like so it was (laughs) this is beautiful i love you so much i love you too it was like you like you like you channeled like a snapshot of like of that like really really beautiful but like sad time yeah only like sometimes i get like really like worked up about like like cuz the like right down to like the fucking mashed potatoes like i forgot i forgot a whole ass dish last year in the kitchen <laughs> it wasn't mashed potatoes but it was it was something important (laughs) oh my gosh and that that just makes it so it's like (laughs) but like like a good weird you know like not like a shitty weird it was so intense (laughs) oh thank you so much I love you so much oh my gosh I love you too that was lovely. I don't know how you fucking did that. I don't know. Because I I asked, like, I asked my ancestors for help when I sat down to wrote it. I think mine came through, too. I do. I do. <laughs> this was a really special gift. Thank you. You're very welcome. And to anybody who also resonates with Luna's prose and words, like, you are seen, witnessed, and held in just as much reverence and honor, and we see you. Yes. We see you, too. <laughs> I thought I thought we would end this in a, in a bit of tears. <laughs> I didn't expect, like, I knew that I was going to... I knew I was going to feel something because I always do when like you just have such a really cool way of illustrating but I I Thank didn't you. I didn't expect to like see my own Yeah. If that makes sense like Yeah, I think that's so special. You're... Like obviously I do that on purpose. No. <laughs> that's just what came out but like like even I think like that's down so to like special. down to like Rosie like Rosie is like two of my children. Yeah. You know, like no, probably three. And Alfie <laughs> Alfie isn't isn't even like isn't my partner, like is, but like that's not who I pictured, you know, like Yeah. It's so that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was not just liked, like that was fucking healing, Luna. Well, I'll like I I'll send you the like. Written oh God, part. please don't! <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that that's one way to end a podcast. <laughs> that's beautiful in reverence and. <laughs> 
yeah, that's. Thank I'm you. I'm really glad I went first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what's so interesting is that, like, I used to cry at, like, the drop of a hat. I don't know if you remember. Um, but I used to cry, like, all the fucking time. And then ever since, like, I got my nervous system, like, you know, more regulated and on anti-anxiety meds, like, things, like, really have to move me. <laughs> like yeah. I really have it's oh. not that I'm like numb but it's just like there's you're more regulated more regulated now. yeah but yeah. so when when I do cry it is more of a release and so thank you for thank you for this very special healing moment with you're very <laughs> welcome I love you so much I love you too <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, this was this was a really good Samhain episode and yeah. I just I really love this time of year and I love listening to your practices and rituals and spells uh, surrounding this time of year. And yeah. <laughs> I also <laughs> love listening to your practices and how you flow within the year and this time is very special. And I'm really lucky that I get to share it with you. So yeah, I I feel very I feel very grateful. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my Samhain wish is that next year we're doing this together. Yeah. IRL, IRL, yeah. And what's interesting is that we had just talked about asking our ancestors to help us with that. So. Yeah, I think that it's really special that that came up again <laughs> in <laughs> in the episode because I think that that this is a really good reminder to include your ancestors in your wishes and yeah to help from the other side if they if they can or want to. So yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be a really big part in, of our silent supper as a family this year. Yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> if our if our really party hungry ancestors want to want to make that happen, then we can all celebrate together next year. So, yeah. Let's, let's make that happen. I would love that so much. Yeah, let's uh let's get in the kitchen together and cook our ancestors' favorite meals and future ancestors' favorite meals and Yes. Yeah. So may all your good ghosts and great hags have a wonderful Samhain, our Fridays. Thank you for sharing space with us. And we adore the shit out of y'all. Yes. <laughs> thank you for listening to our disembodied voices. And thank you, mm -hmm. Luna. And thank you, Amanda. <laughs> I'm sorry that I made you cry. <laughs> I am not even mad about it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time. See you next time. See you in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you, Amanda. I love you, Luna. Bye. Bye. Thank you, our dear Fridays, for listening to our disembodied voices on these here interwebs. Be sure to check out the show notes for links, resources, and citations, as well as our Instagram feed for this episode's corresponding photo dump. 
Tuesday Weeping Within the Weird.